Hello and welcome to episode 309 of the Crate and Crowbar, a PC gaming podcast being recorded for you (laughs) and for everybody, Alex, on the 22nd of January of this year, 2020. So many years. Many of them. I'm Marsh Davis and I'm joined this evening by Alex Wiltshire. Hello. And the ghost of Tom Senior. Yeah. He couldn't be here tonight. He couldn't be here. He couldn't be here. Chris couldn't be here. Chris is currently having a, a deep tissue massage. He's being washed for the first time this year. <laughs> in uh, the birth thermae. In the thermae spas of Bath, where the ancient Mithras, <laughs> the waters of ancient Mithras, and the Lord of Green shall work his tendrils mm. into his very sulfurous pores. <laughs> yeah. Have you been to those bars, Alex? Nope. Yeah. I went. I just see queues. I just, or I, I just associate that place with queues. Oh, right. But, you know, bars are, like, bars are pretty disgusting, aren't they? I mean, you're sharing, it's basically a soup of other people's mm. dead skin and, you know, old plasters. Oh. I, yeah. I mean, I know the bars are a little bit of cut above your, your public swimming pool, supposedly, but you look at those people, you don't want to share a pool of water with them. Yes. Just look around you yeah. and you can see them sort of seeping into the water. It's wrong. It's gross. No amount of you know, I think, sulfur springs I think could wash their filth away. Cleansing oneself is a is a is a is a deeply shameful and foul <laughs> activity that should be kept utterly secret from right. all. Absolutely, that's the that's the way forward. <laughs> like so many things that we do, mm. such as playing games. Oh, yes. There's been game news, hasn't there, this week for the Some- first week of this year. Actual game news. They've deployed the game news. Half-Life is free. Half-Life 2 is free. All of the Half-Lives. If you haven't played it already, now you can. Yeah, yeah, you can. In, it's in preparation in of, of, um, of, of Alex, isn't it? It is. Yeah, they're doing an, uh, an AMA on Reddit as we speak. No fact. way. They are, yeah. Uh, I looked at it. It wasn't complete, so I, we don't have the full download on it. But um, facts are they haven't fallen out with uh, Laidlaw. That's the, that's what I gleaned, and one of the team doesn't like it when headcrabs jump at them in the game, so such such that he cannot actually play it, and has to pull the um, pull the visor off his face and watch it on the two D monitor. So that part is very very badly um, tested. <laughs> Nobody's actually <laughs> well, experienced that. <laughs> well, he says he's an outlier in terms of fear, in terms of things jumping at his face, but I suspect um, I suspect that might might account for a. A sizable number of people. I don't know. I don't relish the idea of having some a parasite engulf my face. Yeah. And yeah, like I still remember kind of getting terrified in Doom years and years ago. I am, um, so at Christmas, uh, we bought my son, um, PlayStation VR mm. because it's the cheapest and actually one of the most easily sort of having in your house-ness kind of VR you can get. Well, it doesn't have base stations and things, that's what you mean? Yeah, you just plug it, yeah, yeah, you just plug it into a little box that you plug into, uh, your PlayStation and away you go, mm. pretty much. Um, so it's pretty simple. You need a camera as well. Anyway, but it's pretty simple. Um, uh, and it came with uh, a bumper pack of games. One of them is the Shark One that you may have be familiar with. It was this one of the demos that was E3 when they oh, were right. yeah, yeah. and stuff. You're in a shark cage and you're being sort of lowered deeper and deeper into the sea. And then a shark done come and then you done get scared by the shark. Hmm. Uh, 
So obviously my son and I told my wife that she should experience the ocean game. Oh yeah. In which you can see lovely manta rays and mm. lovely sea anemones. In glorious VR vision, mm. which she hasn't really experienced much VR, and um, she detected something was up with uh, with the fact that we were we, we couldn't disguise the glee in our voices because <laughs> <laughs> you can see it on the TV. You can see what she can see on the TV as she's in there, and uh, as she gazed into the sort of the deep blue of the, of the, the far distance. Well, I mean, she sea. was in a shark cage. It must have given her some hint yeah, as to what clue. was... <laughs> she didn't really... Oddly enough, she didn't really comment on the fact that she was in a shark cage. That, that seemed to be the giveaway to me, but I, we thought we got away. <laughs> anyway, she started to say, as it got d- darker and darker as it went down and down, and the lights went out, she, is, <laughs> she loves horror films, and therefore she knows the tropes. And when the lights go out, that means the thing's coming. And uh, she is a shark coming, is a shark coming, a shark coming, isn't it? Get me out of this. Get me out of this. <laughs> Best thing was that she didn't know how, like, she she couldn't take it off herself. Like, it, maybe she felt that it would there would be sort of break some sort of neural link or something. Like, there was <laughs> drive her into like a insanity. <laughs> <laughs> she wasn't like decoupled <laughs> by us. Anyway, uh, she didn't experience the shark shark because I figured that she would probably pull herself <laughs> like judging by how things were going i see um uh i had another go with another demo the other day which is the resident evil one it's called mm. the kitchen and which i tried to bill as you like kitchens we all like kitchens <laughs> would you like to play in a kitchen <laughs> that didn't work no no resident, no resident evil uh tipped her off did it there's no resident it's evil probably in the isn't about baking Unfortunately, um, uh, the, 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 the title screen does feature a body lying in the most filthy <laughs> kitchen <laughs> ever conceived for video games. This wouldn't pass the Food Standards Agency's <laughs> test. Oh. So basically, uh, so I'm you... glad to hear that about the, the <laughs> crabs. But have you, do you think you've primed her sufficiently for, for Alex? Um, do you think you can now get base stations and other debris into your city room now? No, because, because she's, she only accepted the PlayStation VR because it doesn't come with it without, and she now she knows that she knows the, the wires. She's very aware of the wires. Oh, yeah. So she says, no wires. Oh, yeah. Also, we have a, yeah, a, a pet house rabbit called Archibald and he will fuck up all the wires. Really fuck him up. Yeah. He's the wire fucker. <laughs> so no Alex for me. Well, the news was there. There's other news. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, uh, so Netflix have announced that The Witcher TV series is tracking to be their most popular first series yet. Mm. Although there's a caveat to that, which is that they've changed their metrics by which they, they, um, <laughs> they double judge these things. Well, no, they, they just, uh, treat a view no longer as being 70% of the show watched, which oh. is what they used to, but oh. now it's just somebody who's clicked on it. Oh, what the fuck? Yeah. Well, there are loads of things that I've looked at for about... Gone, oh, this is fucking yeah. awful. Oh, please don't think that I like this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, mm. Yeah. So I, what, do I, you, what do you feel about The Witcher's success then, Alex? Well, I mean, you, you've talked about The Witcher TV show itself, and I know that I totally agree with that. Mm. But um, I think I think we're in... I think we're... We're in for a coming deluge. Mm, I think we're going to get, I think that Netflix have realized and then all the Netflix 
come, you know, business watchers have noticed that, that the sleep of some vast sleeper demographic of gamers has been awakened mm. and that this Leviathan shall be fed from here forth with, with adaptations of video games. Yeah. And I think there's going to be a fucking gold rush. I think that a lot of studios are going to be rubbing their hands. Isn't control, there's someone, I saw news that control has been, or someone wants to do control TV show or. Oh film. yeah, I can see how that would, could easily be adapted. Yeah. I mean, it'd probably make a better TV show. Than <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably would. <laughs> um, yeah, like this is, I mean, strap in, strap in is what I'm saying because. Yep. They Frog Detective, some... that's bound to come, isn't it? Yep. Henry Cavill playing the lead, obviously, again, <laughs> in a wig. Very sexy, though, this adaptation. Surprisingly, a surprising number of bare breasts in it. <laughs> but which animals? That's the question. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what else would be a shoe-in. Uh, I was thinking, the, the, the game that kind of popped into my head, and I really don't know whether it would, it would be the Metro series. Mm. So you've got a bit of, you know, there's a real, there's real kind of there's depth there, to the yeah. world mm. and it's atmospheric and everyone loves a bit of post, who do we call it? Mm-hmm. Um, Adult RPGs is probably. Yeah. yeah. They, they want or existing worlds. <gasps> what if they do a Dishonored or a Deus Ex? They could do a Deus Ex. Yeah. That could work. Yeah. And like you can see, you can see, you can imagine Square Enix with its pretensions to being a filmmaker mm, with those kind successes of it's had with uh, Hitman. <laughs> oh, and Hitman, yeah, fuck, yeah. yeah. What was the one you mentioned? There was that f- terrible Final Fantasy film. Oh yeah, well that looked nice. It did look nice, <laughs> but you, they'll probably insist on making it. There's a, yeah. So I, I, I think I think that it's going to be video game adaptations all the way down from here. Huh. Gears. Did Gears ever get a film? Gears of War? Uh, no, I don't think so. I, um, they're books. surprising to me. There are yeah. books. Yeah. I mean, that's terrible fiction. Nobody should ever make that into anything. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, Halo, like, I don't, I never, yeah. I mean, it, basically the doors are opened. Like, obviously Halo's there as a, hang on, no, there was a TV series. It was really boring. It was about a load of, um, kind of, academy young like mm. academy goers all in their teens i know some really people tedious. who worked on that so i will say what a cracking show it was <laughs> what a cracking show <laughs> just to balance things out that's <laughs> good that's good we've done the bbc thing that's good <laughs> yeah neutral neutral by having two <laughs> two two senses one of them obviously wrong but which one <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah <laughs> Uh, yeah. Well, talking of, um, video game films, uh, the two uh, final pieces of news, Unity put out a film, um, a mini film today showing off what, what can be done in its engine. Mm. Ooh. Uh, not games apparently, but, uh, <laughs> feature, you know, small, um, small five minute features with, um, Gurachari shading. Yeah. Owls made out of, uh, wires. A uh, big demon lady who is also a man and um, a guy, a guy with a suitcase. And they're they're very still doing looking. mysterious stuff. Does it, is it? Do they stream any thing. story between all these kind of mysterious goings on? No. I mean, to be honest, they really nail like the uh, the mysterious. This might make sense if there was more of it. Vibe. 
Without any other answering, without what the ever, thing is, yeah. <laughs> what's in the briefcase? Yeah, it's like the you know the trailer for Lost, basically. Each of these things, and it's like, wow, that looks really interesting. And then you realize, oh, it's, it's there's over. There's nothing and in. Then, there's nothing in the briefcase. Yeah, nothing. except for Unity engine. Yeah, which looks nice, but it doesn't look as nice as as if it was a you know. It doesn't look as nice as the, the Final Fantasy film, for example, you know, or something which had, you know, like server farms of server farms rendering this stuff. What do you want? It's real time, man. Which has no good. meaning to us at all. Because but this thing is, guess. this is the thing. I'm not quite sure what it means. What are they, what are they trying to get at? Because it looks really nice. And it, obviously the, the art design and effort that's gone into it's beautiful, but it's essentially using the Unity engine to produce something which Unity engine isn't designed to produce. And actually it's not a very good advert for, making games in it because but aren't they not- usually showcasing some new effect which you know taken on its own is usable in games maybe but, but it uses up all of your game's resources and that's that yeah but i can't think i mean there aren't what are the big triple a titles that have used the unity engine i mean it's really kind of in the indie engine i mean i i and i i assume that's the kind of thing they're trying to escape from by making mm. these trailers but um I don't know. I can't think of any kind of non-indie. Like, obviously, indie royalty users. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, like big studios. Anyway, so it's it's a fun little film, uh, and you watch it and you go, "Wow, I wish that I wish that made sense." (laughs) Um, But also, another studio renowned for making games that look a bit like films, Hmm. Ninja Theory. Ninja Theory. Oh, near and Ninja Theory, now owned by Microsoft. Bless them. Oh yeah. Um, they uh, put out a thing today which showcased basically what they're doing. Um, they're pursuing a um, development strategy that they've called Dreadnought, which notably has the word dread in it uh, and uh, <laughs> conjures images of the notoriously unpleasant naval warfare. Uh, oh, but it's okay because it means dread. They don't dread nothing. <laughs> they dread, they they dread, dread the naught. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think... It's think, very, you know, very militaristic, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's sort of like, well, yeah, it's, it's a bit like Agile or Scrum, um, but we've called it Meat Grinder. And you're like, hmm, I don't know if I want to work in Meat Grinder. <laughs> Especially like, yeah, for a company that kind of has now uh, sort of pivoted around mental health issues. Well, this is the the funny thing about them. Because, I mean, obviously the, the Senua Sacrifice, uh, is that Hellblade, colon Senua Sacrifice, or Senua yes. Sacrifice, colon Hellblade? Don't know. One of those. Anyway... I mean that that was that was a fun little game, and it did it did you know uh, provoke chatter about mental health, but at the same time, like it is sort of trading on the value of mental health as a spectacle. Yeah, <laughs> like these hallucinations of demons. I'm sure it's terribly traumatic for the lady, but they look fucking badass. <laughs> like you know, you get to punch shit and yeah. stab thing in the in the in the trailer for the sequel. There's a giant, a mountain that becomes a giant, and there's all these people with uh, you know terrifying masks, and there's a big thing that's a crucifix that's not actually a crucifix that catches fire with the person on it, and he's on fire. That's obviously bad. And then she's screaming and like everybody's screaming with her and then she's chanting and it's this really cool chant. And like, I don't think that speaks to a particularly, uh, kind of, um, peaceful state of mind. I mean, I would say, I would say my reaction is I don't want to have mental illness like this because Mm. I don't want to fight great big Viking zombie guys. Mm. Um, but at the same time, it's kind of cool. It is kind of cool. They've also so they, alongside that they've they're um, doing some actual um, m- uh, sort of mental health outreach 
software which is meant to um they describe it as a moonshot so who knows how far they'll go but i'm, I'm sure this is the they're thing they're shooting that's... the moon as well with their <laughs> dreadnoughts they really have gone mad um but so this is meant to be um an attempt through software to reconcile people with uh their phobias or their uh um, uh at least mental suffering is is the way that they phrase it um so that's an interesting outside of games thing. Just is harnessing it, the power of games. Is it VR to... where you can see all spiders crawling over and you go, oh, I did see there was somebody in one of the shots with a VR headset on. Is there um, one where you go down into the sea in a shark cage? I don't. <laughs> Do you go in a kitchen to alleviate your fear of kitchens? Uh, I don't know, but there was a very serious academic who was oh, interviewed okay. briefly. Um, <laughs> and then it, then it goes to the, the new game called Project Mara that they're making, which is, uh, a, again, a horror game about mental terror and then again it features a, a lady screaming in the inky blackness and like mm, yeah that'll be well acted yeah it will be yeah, it, it will definitely very be well well, well captured them. certainly and um <laughs> uh yeah yeah i'm a little bit mm. uncomfortable i was always a little, like hellblade is a bit too fun for what, it, <laughs> for what i was meant to be thinking yeah i don't know i mean <laughs> i don't i don't feel like it's totally illegitimate i mean you can you can smuggle uh, interesting ideas along with mass market mm. stuff, and I think that's what it does. I just, I think I'm slightly, slightly suspicious when very somber claims are made for the the value of these entertainments because they are still entertainments. I think, and even if they do bring about conversation and and people think about things they wouldn't have otherwise thinking about while playing them, I still think that's there's it's a little bit of a stretch to say that they are purely therapeutic. <laughs> but, yeah. Cool. I like Ninja Theory. I always like Ninja Theory's games. Yeah. And, and to me, Mantonides is a cool dude. He's wearing <laughs> sunglasses in this, uh, but not on his eyes, just on his head. And he's inside. He doesn't even need sunglasses. It's winter. That's how cool he is. He's a cool dude. That explains what you're wearing on your head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My sombrero with its stack of eight sets of shades. You're not even in Mexico. And yet there you oh. are with your sombrero. I did have a little tootle on Red Dead earlier, so that's... Uh, did you? Yeah, did you rootle and tootle? I did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what game have you playing this week, Alex? Well, Martel, mm-hmm. I've been playing Hades. Hades? So um, it's a bit of a, it's, it's a, a catch-up talk, really, because this is the first time I've played it in the last few weeks, a few weeks ago. Um, but um, Tom, late of this parish, mm. Francis, uh, talks about it almost a year ago in December mm. 2018 because I checked. Um, so they might repeat some of the stuff he said. But what basically, kind of state was it in then? What is it now, like officially in terms I of think, its... I think that it, well, it's, it, it had just gone into early access then and now it's still in early access, but it's been having monthly updates with new, more, more stuff. Um, I don't know what the difference particularly is. Um, I, I would imagine it would feel much the same. Um but I'm here to tell you mm-hmm. that it's fucking great. Oh, really? Cool. Really, really good. Oh, awesome. I love it. Huh. Because I think it was, it was a, a slightly muted reaction to its launch in early access. Yeah, but it's, um, it's, it's actually been become, you know, it's been gathering a lot of, uh, attention sort of steadily. And I think mm. it's actually quite big now. Quite a lot of players. Um, uh, just to catch up with what it is, it is a roguelike, action rpg i suppose you'd call it hmm. it's like um diablo except for your build you construct over the course of a run um and on you when you die 
you die forever and you go back to the start and then you take, make another run. Um, the cool thing about it is that the build that you kind of semi accidentally create during your run just always seems to be the best build you and you love it almost every time. <laughs> I don't know how. So, uh, the, so the, 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 the idea is that, um, you, you go through rooms, like every area is a room. And when you've cleared out all the enemies of a room, uh, you'll get a bonus, like a, a thing. And you will have chosen to a limited degree what that thing is by choosing the door that led into the room you're currently in. Oh yeah. Some of those bonuses are currency that you'll spend, uh, back you know in the base which will kind of metagame level up your abilities and whatnot to a small degree uh some of them are currencies you can spend on this run and some of them are abilities hmm. and these abilities are all so the also it's set in hades and you are the son of mr hades uh-huh. whose name is gerald Ger- jimmy sadies martin yeah, Pluto. that's the roman one Oh, yeah. Isn't he the same? Is it just Hades? I think it's Hades. Yeah, okay. I mean, Hades is the place, but also the name of the... Yeah, thank God. The guy, isn't he? Hey, we're really... Oh, my God. Really smart. I did we? classics as well. I don't remember anything. Oh, lol. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you're, you're trying to... You don't like it in... Guess what? You don't like it in Hades. And you're his son. And you're his son. What's so his, you're trying what's, to escape. What's your name? Can't remember. Okay. <laughs> I'll get onto the story in a minute. Right. The story's great, great as well. <laughs> it really is. But anyway, I can't remember the name, son, and I couldn't remember his dad's name, even though his dad's name is one of the most famous names in all Western history. But there you go. <laughs> um, in, you're set in Hades. We're in Hades. Okay. We're definitely in Hades. Right. And you're trying to escape it uh, because because other people in Hades have escaped it, haven't they? Because mm, yeah. that, that woman, or- Persephone. Persephone. Or- oh, yeah. Persephone. Oh, yeah. Is that Orpheus? Is that Orpheus? No, that- Orpheus and Eurydice and Persephone was somebody else. Okay, right. But she uh, only half escapes it. Yes. Well, she, yes, okay. Yeah. She has yeah, to go She back. does half and half, doesn't she? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Timeshare. So I think that, that, that we've, we've discovered that she got out to a degree and we're going to get out even more sort of thing. So mm. we're just, we're just fighting our way through Hades and the, all these rooms. Now, you have all the gods. Like, because the the fiction works so well, because all the gods just like hate each other and competing with each other. Hmm. They've noticed that the son of Hades, who they all hate, (laughs) uh, the Hades, I mean, uh, is trying to escape. So they're all helping you. And so they're giving you powers. And basically, some of the things that you can collect on clearing a room will be a certain god's power. So Zeus will give you electricity powers. And they're usually, you know, when you use your attack button, like you will cause a damage within a radius with electricity. Hmm. Um, you've got uh, um, um, Hermes who boosts your dash, lets you run faster. Mm-hmm. You've got, um, uh, uh, who's the booze god? Bacchus. Well, Di- that, Dionysus. Dionysus, that's his equivalent. Yeah. So Dionysus, yeah, you're into the Romans, aren't you? Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, Dionysus uh, is basically lots of his stuff are about poison. Actually, oh, um, he was, you know, oh yeah, sort of makes sense. Yeah, it? well, it, it definitely has resonances, you know, like booze and mm. over, over, kind of over, over eating. Um, You've got like her, um, uh, Artemis, which are about ranged attacks. Like mm-hmm. you automatically send out homing missiles when you do stuff. Um, loads and loads and loads of them. Ares just hit 
things really hard with explosions and stuff. Mm. And over the course, and you've got this limited choice over where, which, you know, there, you'll have one, two, three or door, three, oh, two or th- three doors out of each of these rooms and have a symbol on it denoting what the reward will be in the next room. So you'll go, all right, I want some more like, uh, Hermes stuff because I want to dash around like a motherfucker and just fuck everything up that way. Yeah. And, um, and you, you, so you have this, real balance of slight somewhat guiding your build but what you're actually offered is randomized and so you have this really delicious kind of mix of being Hmm. dealing to given stuff that you maybe didn't want but then you realize this is really good and other stuff where you said yeah that was a good decision Hmm. and uh like just some of the builds so this evening so it just got updated for this month um and I was kind of interested to see because Demeter is in it. I don't know what Demeter does because I could, didn't, I didn't manage to find any Demeter stuff. Hmm. But, um, I chose a weapon, which at the start of, before the, before you go in, you get to choose weapons, chose a spear, which has like a, a, a fast moving kind of fairly f- uh, long range sort of melee attack and then a ranged one with a homing ability. So you can throw it out and then it zooms back into your hand again. Hmm. So you get a double hit and stuff. And, um, so this, in this one, one of the first ones I got was when I dash, I leave a circle of area damage behind where I was. So if anything comes up to hit me, I dash away, leaving it in this puddle of horrible stuff that huh. damages it over time. Um, and then every, then I managed from, um, from uh, Artemis to get, Whenever I make any attack at all, I get a homing bolt that just goes onto the nearest enemy. Brilliant. I love that. All right. Um, and then, you know, just, it's just this additive thing. Hmm. You can, you can level, you can, you can choose to power these up if you get that option of the doors. You can get new ones or swap them in and out. Um, you can get sort of short term bonuses if you, uh, visit a certain shop staff, um, uh, place that you can, you know, buy stuff from. Uh, you can meet people on the way like Charon or give you bonuses and, and, you know, take you on a boat. He, well, you, so your character keeps saying, yeah, so, so, could you take me on your boat, Charon? Would you do that? Charon just goes, because he can't speak. <laughs> so he just, he just mumbles. <laughs> I think that, that might be in the legends that he doesn't have a tongue or something. <laughs> I don't know. But it's just, it's just a thing. And is you know, everything ties back to the legends. All the gods are competing with each other to, mm. to help you out. There's one bit where, um, a certain room where there are two gods that have basically, you've got to make a choice over which power-up you're going to get. One god's or the other one. Hmm. And you select one of them. And the other god, you get a little kind of dialogue bit. They go, why the fuck didn't you pick me, you oh, motherfucker? No. <laughs> and then they send their agents to attack you. Oh, God. And if you defeat them, and they're usually a little bit harder than usual, yeah. and if you defeat them, you get their bonus as well. And oh, like, really? You know, oh, cool. So everything, it's just everything is rewarding. Everything is additive. It's always bang. Want some more? Brilliant. Have some more. Want some more? Want to level up that thing you really like? like that causes explosions great just do that the weapons are fucking great as well um there's a sword which is fairly you know sort of you know that's a fairly simple weapon Hmm. there's a bow um which which is slow to fire like has a charge up the normal attack but then uh its special attack just deals out this fan of um of, of bolts in a wide arc um and when the enemies often shoot projectiles just clears all the projectiles out of the way. Like, hmm. 
you know, you just, you feel, it feels dangerous because you've got the charge up on its major attack, but the other one just defends you against everything. There's a shield, which I had this wonderful run <laughs> where, uh, I just put it all into all of the upgrades into its special attack, which basically throws the shield out and it comes back again. And when that, that was hitting really hard because of stuff I did put into it, which I can't remember. But when I caught the, the, the shield again after, mm. after throwing it, it just caused a massive explosion all around me. Oh, lovely. So it's just, you know, and then when you've got sort of explosions going on, like explosions and thunderbolts and huh. dashing around and leaving these kind of puddles of stuff and poisoning stuff. And you just, it, it's one of those games where you think every run pretty much that I've played has been, I love this build. I never want it to end. And then you die and you go, oh, shit. And then the huh. next run, oh, actually this build, this build really, really good. And it's just, and it helps too. And it feels worryingly addictive as well because it's very good. It has loads of currencies and things going on. There is a purple tier shaped currency, which, which pays for stuff like, um, you get this death defied, um, ability, which when you die, it'll give, it'll resurrect you with, with like half your health or something like that. And, uh, you start off with none of them and you buy one of them. And then with a, you know, with all these purple things, you can buy two more that I can get at the moment. Um, you know, suddenly, oh my God, now I can survive for way longer than before. Um, there are, you know, sort of, you can recoup a small amount of health for every, every room. So, you know, otherwise you would be running low of health all the time, but you, hmm. you know, so basically increases your survival and various kind of bonuses to attacks and things. So there's that you can pay to add certain kinds of rooms to your run, which give you bonuses like a shop. You will be, but you'll be, um, sure to get a certain kind of shop on your run hmm. as you go. And there's loads of, but then, so there's all that stuff, but there's also this like the story stuff going on. So, you know, every time you go, every time you die, and this is really does help take away the pain of dying in the game. Um, you get everybody has something new to say somehow every time you, every time I've been back and I've done quite a few runs now, there's been something going on and like it's quite dynamic. Like one time, I found I could go to sleep in my bed, which I hadn't been able to before. There was always like a dialogue saying, no time to sleep. Suddenly I did sleep and I had a dream which filled in loads of story. Like, oh. um, and there's story going on and you always get to talk to your dad who grumbles about the fact you're fucking up his Hades. <laughs> um, uh, for some reason, um, Achilles, is it Achilles? One of them, one of the heroes is hanging around. Oh yeah. And he's sometimes there, sometimes not. And like, you can talk to him and stuff going on with him as well. There's so much going on and it's really, you know, it's, it's super massive games. No, super giant, super giant games. Yeah. <laughs> My super. God. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Super giant games. And, um, you know, their writing has always been really, really good. Hmm. It really is in this case as well. So you've oh. got the main character commenting on stuff as you do things. And, you know, there's just this density of so many, changing and new lines of story and new characters pop in the first uh, boss that you come to when you finish the first area is um 
is like this person, like it's a character that, that your character knows, like we've grown up together in Hades and now she's been told by your dad to fight her to stop you from, from leaving and she's not happy about it. Mm. She's pissed off with, with, with my character because I'm trying to leave, but she's also pissed off about the fact that she's been asked to stop me and she's the boss and that's really cool. Like, <laughs> like, so she's kind of like, oh, you're back. Okay. Here we go again. And, and when you get back and you've beaten her and you die and you go back and then she's going, yep, yeah, well, you know, I beat you. Yeah, you did. Yeah. <laughs> but then because, you know, these games can get quite, uh, repetitive because you're, it's the mm. same structure and over again. Yeah. In this game, it'll just throw a different boss at you one time, like, which has the same patterns as her. Like it's the same, she, the boss has the same role and the same, it's the same kind of fight. But it's not her, like, offering this extra story depth. You know, yeah. who is this person and why are they fighting you and she isn't? Like, and also this this boss has different abilities and it's a different, you know, it, it adds a few extra things to the fight that you thought you knew. Hmm. There's just so much going on. There's so rich and varied, dynamic, just rewarding all the time. It's got fish. Yeah, yeah, what? <laughs> <laughs> I saw today one of the artists said that she'd worked on the most important feature of her life, and it was apparently fish. Excellent. And there's well, a, a fish, I think it's called a knuckleback, you can get, which has a skull's face. And it says catch, and there's a picture of a little hand about to grab a fish. Right. I don't know in what context this appears in the game. I'm, I'm, I can't <laughs> wait to find out. Yeah. Yeah, I wanted to play some more of this before coming out tonight, because I only, it only updated on my computer this morning, huh. but I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I will play. Do you know how long it's going to be remaining at Access then? I, mean, I sounds... don't know. I don't know, actually. I'm actually due to have a call with them tomorrow. Oh, right. Okay. Thing. But, um, um, but yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, it, it could, it's one of those games that you just, just add a new character. Like, again, you put a new god in, Demeter. Like, yeah. I don't know what her abilities are, but like, suddenly, you know, the game with the, all the additive nature of the fact that these, all these skills will interact with the existing skills in certain ways. You know, hmm. it's just, you could just keep adding and adding and adding, I suppose, if it doesn't drive you insane trying to make sure that it isn't. <laughs> but I suppose it's defended in some ways against being exploitable because you don't get to fully define what your build's going to be. You know, you you might have an f- amazing run. Right. But you, you know, just because of the happenstance of the things that you're offered. But Right. Huh. It's marvellous. And it's really responsive and fast as well. Yeah, it feels mm. real good. To I have to give that a go. Yeah. You'll like I do. It. I love the art in it. It looks yeah. amazing. Yeah. So, yeah, the art is um, yeah, for, to fill it in. Like, it's a, it's somewhat cell-shaded, cell-shaded, mm. colourful, um, quite weird in places. The art for the characters is really good as well. Mm. Voice work is really good as well. A lot of all these dialogue lines are all voiced, if that wasn't enough. Not all of them, but a lot. Unbelievable. Good effort. Good effort. A plus. <laughs> I'm interested. Well, okay. So I have some thoughts about what you were talking about when you were saying additive, mm. um, uh, additive roguelike components. Cause I've also been playing hmm. a roguelike game have you it's even got rogue in the name it's called streets of rogue streets of rogue yeah apparently it's done very well it looks like it's done very well anyway um and it pitches itself on its steam store page as nuclear throne meets deus ex all right a pretty good encapsulation of it even if it is possibly uh, overselling um i mean it's a sort of top-down pixel art game uh of you know fairly modest visual ambition but it is a sort of mini immersive sim um 
and set in a multi-layered city and each strata is its own individual level uh, each individual level within that space has got like prisons and drug dens and uh uh, laboratories and, and graveyards and things. And each level you're given a set of missions you need to complete before you move to the next one. And they're usually, and they're randomized missions, but they, they kind of spit out in a sort of similar format, like kill four dudes in this area or open this safe or press these three buttons in this heavily guarded bit or free a slave. And, uh, you can pursue those tasks in, in, in a, a fairly broad set of ways as you can in most immersive sims so you can also you pick a character before this and you there's a huge range of characters many of them are unlockable but there's you know obviously there's uh, going to be a thief and there's a soldier character and there's a hacker character but also there's other mad stuff like zombies and gorillas and things um, and they all have their own uh submissions that are optional and they have their own skills obviously the hacker can hack at range and the, the thief can steal things and uh, but also there's individual status interactions in the level so thieves generally not very well liked by shopkeepers scientists hate gorillas as we all know um <laughs> and in terms of how you approach these things so i mean there's a lot of ways different ways you can sort of take on these activities but um if you're a hacker one of my favorite things to do because uh, you're quite weak as a hacker you can't really do a great deal of you know uh face-to-face confrontation um you can hack a television, make it explode, which can take out a wall and maybe some people in the room and you can get in there. You can place a boom box on the floor outside, which means that everybody comes around to dance, allowing you time to <laughs> sneak in. I mean, it's a very silly game, obviously, but I mean, that's part of the fun of it. Uh, it's maybe slightly sillier and more memeish uh, uh, than it is f- funny. But I think it is, uh, there's enough going on that it doesn't really matter that these kind of frivolous throwaway bits don't d- detract from anything. Yeah. You can sort of take what you want. Like the, the pleasure of the fact that there is interaction designed for it is enough. Yeah. And it's, there's so many interactions. Like, I, I mean, in terms of the other level stuff you can do, you can poison uh, the ventilation systems so it produces gas. Uh, or you can... Um, but but depending on what you put into the ventilation system, it will have different effects. So you find these syringes, anonymous syringes, um, and you know some of the, and you don't necessarily want to inject them into yourself because it's it's like you know quaffing an unknown elixir in any any rogue like. But you can drop them into these ventilation systems to sort of try them out on the people in the building, and you know, and sometimes it'll poison them, and sometimes it'll just make them invisible uh, <laughs> for a period of time, um, which is quite fun. Um, or you can, I mean, and, and and there's sufficiently enough going on in each of these levels that you can actually uh, have fairly uh, elaborate strategies. So as, as one of the weaker characters, you may not be able to get into... Uh, get into a highly secure facility to, uh, to escort a, a prisoner out or anything like that. But you could um, tool yourself up. So you could... Uh, take out for example a drug dealer who is less of a threat and get into their safe and you get the money then you go and pay a cloning machine to spit out some clones who then follow you and then you have an army with which you can better deal with the uh the more heavily guarded facility so do you do sort of direct fighting it much or is it oh more- yeah you I mean, absolutely i mean it is it is a very uh action focused confrontational game but i mean just some of the characters aren't as good at it and so sometimes the kind of less direct path is is better um and also there are the security roaming around the level. If you play as one of the gangsters, enemy gangsters may just attack you on site because you have a, a, a beef with them. Um, 
And there's all these other things going on periodically. But, so the ultimate aim of it is to uh, get up the, the tiers of the city and then finally take out the mayor. I haven't got there by any, by any means, but periodically in between. So every few levels or so, like a, a big uh, level wide event occurs, it seems. And these are very sort of dramatic things, like the entire level begins to fill with poison gloop. Um, I've, I've heard that there are storms and radiation that can uh, can uh, affect you and things like this. He doesn't seem to be doing a very good job of looking after No, this, no. He? No, well, he's uh, he seems to be quite corrupt, which is maybe the reason you take him out. He has banned chicken nuggets, apparently. Well, that's not such very, a bad uh, thing. <laughs> yeah. You don't sound very enthused. Well, so this gets to the point. So on top of all that stuff, you've got the wacky items, you've got freeze rays and leaf blowers and all these things. And it's definitely like fast paced. And, and it is, it is kind of fun and Moorish and there's an ever changing tactical layer. And it, though there is like strategy to it, most of your strategic plans don't really survive contact with the mayhem that occurs in the level. Um, but. There is a point uh, of addition. I mean, you're familiar with uh, porridge, proc-gen porridge, right? You've heard <laughs> this phrase before. Is it anything to do with the TV show or breakfast? <laughs> so uh, 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 I, I'm familiar with it through a, a programmer called Kate Compton, who was talking about procedure oh. generation. She said that uh, one of the problems with procedure generation is it's very easy to spit out like 10,000 different bowls of porridge of oatmeal and yes each one of them will be different because the grains will be arranged in a completely unique way but ultimately there is no perceptual difference between these bowls of porridge and uh, perceptual differences maybe not even enough you maybe you need perceptual uniqueness yeah. to to actually have these differences be important to the player um and I, you know I, I think this game does does escape that that um to some extent the levels are all much for muchness i mean they all look similar they're very porridgey but um the the mechanics like being able to be a gorilla versus being a hacker that that is sufficiently differentiated for those those two different parts to be interesting all the, albeit in a very frivolous fleeting way and i feel like i feel like i've played enough roguelike games now where there is a risk of like uh, a meta porridge scenario are happening the meta porridge cascade um meta porridge cab cascade where um your expectation of variety is enough to detract from that variety itself in a in a way like so you you're like okay so i know i've unlocked these six characters i know there's another 90 characters to unlock and i'm sure they're all very different but i can kind of just i've got a i've got a sense of how different they're going to be at this point and so a lot of the kind of pleasure and surprise of those differences become less. Does this is something that happens to you? Yeah. Like, I mean, you can imagine maybe if you've played uh, Hades another 20 times or something yeah. like that, and they're like adding another god, and you're like, well, I know it's going to be different, but it's going to be just as different as all the other preceding gods. Maybe that's not quite as exciting anymore. And I feel like, I feel like the more roguelikes i play the sort of the time to meta porridge is decreasing like there needs to be more and more surprises of greater uniqueness with every roguelike i play so there's yeah that's really interesting because i'm thinking about it in terms of haiti so mm. i really like diablo but you know to a fault i would say mm. um but i just like just i find it the relaxation my relaxation game i've got a um, witch doctor build and i just walk him through areas throwing frogs at people and like mm. I, you know it's just relaxing just seeing yeah. this mayhem happening 
but it's this sort of incredibly restful experience. <laughs> I think that is the, you know, that, that action RPG thing, which is watching a little machine that you've tweaked into existence mm. happen this chain and you kind of get these loops of play like you you know right you can hold down this and you run out of mana and you have to get the mana and you just get to have this little cycle and you perform it and it's just just this right. rest you know there's that kind of relaxation or sort of thing um and so hades is like that because it's definitely within it's in that genre and so on a run you get used to a certain manner of play, which uses the abilities in, in the way that they work together well. And like, th 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 to start with, or whenever you get a new ability, you're kind of learning, oh, okay, this is a good combination. And then you perform it over and over and over and over again. And I just like doing that. And, and so what you're doing is simple. I think for me, it's like having a really, really exciting meal every single day, you know? <laughs> Like it's exciting the first mm. time. It's pretty good the next time. But then very soon mm. it becomes incredibly annoyingly, you know, sort of insane. <laughs> Lobster fermador again? Yeah. But, mm. but you could probably eat a really simple dish of rice and, you know, every single day. Like I have pretty much the same sandwich every day. Oh, I see. And it's a simple right. taste. Mm. And I think that you can find kind of tweaks to that over time more you know more uh sustainably interesting than a very exciting thing gorillas scientists hmm. you know and then suddenly because you're this all peaks huh. and then you're kind of i mean this is like i haven't i've played a little bit of speech rogue so i can't, i don't know whether this really applies to it but that's my instinct is that when you make everything different and everything amazing you can't sustain it. And I think that uh, as a mm. player or an, an enjoyer of that thing, you reach the sort of, mm. okay, everything. Yeah. yeah okay. Oh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily describe any of those experiences as being amazing. Like, okay. <laughs> I, I, sure. I think one of the other, but problems... it's what it's going for. It wants, to, it wants yeah. to go, Hey, look, like every time. Right. Yeah. Whereas yeah. I think Hades is like more like sort of like, oh, what if, Oh, right. and how about that? Mm. And then, you know, and then you sort of go, oh, I can see that this works. Oh, yeah. This maybe maybe it's also because the things you're being given in Hades are richer and, uh, and probably more consequential. Than... It's also like you're watching, it's a, it's a very Twitch thing as well, you know. Right. It's yeah. sort of, so it's what operating in not the logical parts of your brain, which Streets of Rogue is aiming to go. Yeah. In a, in a kind of, know. yeah, very, you know, yeah. I don't, I don't want to say crass because I don't think it is bad i he just wants mean, you to I think mean, about what you're doing basically. yeah but, but in a sort of fairly trivial way right yeah, i mean yeah. it's not making you you're not drawing out fucking plans of this thing sure. and architecting a great heist you're it's still minute you know moment second to second craziness really yeah. but yeah whereas hades you're kind of like it's gonna hit the thing <laughs> right hit the pot yeah maybe they aren't comparable because the kind of granularity of the games is is so different but yeah I do wonder and uh, uh, worry about uh, whether there's diminishing returns in roguelikes as, as a genre, just as because, you know, the, the more people play them, the more kind of uh, blasé they will be about the sort of the amount of variety that it takes to kind of fuel them. There's um, But there are some, you know, like Brogue still has a big community of mm. players that these players have been That's playing true. for yeah. years now, you know, and they're still finding 
new things mm-hmm. or um or still just finding enjoyment in in going on runs you know yeah. same as spelunky you know there's yeah. a there's a richness of interaction in those games yeah. but, but of course they have really do, yeah. they have both of those games have a big um on-ramp and which mm. which it's i don't even know if that's the right metaphor but basically yeah, it's true lots yeah. of people fall before they really find they you know don't mm. get as far as finding the real meat to the games yeah, it's true. I, I don't think I, I, I uh, liked Spelunky the first time I played it. Wrongly, obviously, because <laughs> it's great. But yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. Shall we, Martin? Yes. Shall we do mm-hmm. from the questions? Yes, what from questions? From questions. The questions. From questions. Ah, we should do them. And Alex, who is not you, writes, Hello, all things great and small. Have we good. had that before? That's a good one, I think, though. I don't think we I have, have not, had that I'm one. With that Maybe one. we have. I don't know. A question. When I first played Prince of Persia Sands of Time, I found a section near the end almost insurmountable. It was a place where the titular, titular prince was on a lift and assaulted by waves of gribbles. Am I using that right? <laughs> one evening, I decided to drink far too much of that fine stuff, alcohol. The next afternoon, I woke to find that I had not only completed that section of the game, but the whole thing. <laughs> Since this was the PS2 era, I didn't have a way to go back to an earlier save or level. All I could do was start the game afresh. <laughs> What's your worst alcohol or other substance-related gaming mishap? Please keep, in, keep on doing the lovely podcast, Alex. He well, also has a PS saying, How did none of you yell at Marsh for his b- b- bizarre pronunciation of Yosemite? I mispronounced Yosemite. What did you say? He said Yosemite. Yosemite. <laughs> Which, in my defense, is a logical way of pronouncing the word if you haven't ever heard it said. And for a long time, I hadn't ever heard it said. And then my partner uh, corrected me very kindly a few years ago. Are you sure you know not Isn't it? Wasn't it one of the characters in like the Warner cartoon? Thing? Yeah, well, that's actually where the, the, the context it was coming up. And because I hadn't heard of that character, it didn't initially trigger my memory of it being Yosemite oh, rather dear, than Yosemite. Oh, dear. Yeah. Well, consider this, Alex, a shout. Yeah, well, I feel... What an idiot. I feel... <laughs> wow. <laughs> so persecuted by all the Alexes of this world. <laughs> Just wait until you play, Alex. <laughs> Fuck you! She'll be shouting <laughs> yeah. in your ears all the way through. You Suppose idiots. we're going to go up Yosemite, are we? <laughs> you dickhead. Anyway, I feel like an absolute prick. Thank you, Alex. It's okay. Yeah, Alex is. <laughs> um, I don't think I've ever uh, drunk so much that I did something bad or regrettable in a game, but I've definitely drunk so much that the following day, I was not in the best place to attend a press event where I had to play a game. Did you now? Um, Tell me about that. I'm sure I've talked about it on the podcast before, but it was one of these Sega rally things where they're trying to put you in this entire <laughs> VR rally capsule. Um, I was like, I don't think I'm getting in there. I'm just going to, I'm just going to play it on the computer if that's all right. <laughs> Felt fucking horrible. If I'd gone in there, nobody would have, nobody would have been pleased with the results. <laughs> That would have been a write-off, that booth. Um, I don't... I, I, I'm I'm so pure and, you know... Oh, perfect I, I Alex. Any, uh, never uh, transgressed, never pronounced the names of national parks incorrectly. <laughs> Fucking goody two-shoes. 
Uh, Travis writes, Hello. Hello. Um, I've been avoiding Factorio because I knew what it would do to me. I love automating things and conveyor belts and Starship Troopers style gribloids. <laughs> it ticks all the boxes. I knew it would destroy me. So anyway, I bought it over Christmas. Uh, my <laughs> eldest son and I have put 60 hours into it over a week. It was everything I feared and imagined. I was literally hallucinating conveyor belts when watching droplets of water run down the glass in the shower. <laughs> Once we'd reached the nominal end of the game, launching the rocket, I decided to put the game down for fear it would further dominate me. Have you ever played a game that was exactly your bag to the point of you being afraid to play it for fear of what it would do to you? Cheers, <laughs> Travis, a.k.a. TJ Howells on the discords. Oh, that's good. That's good. I don't think I play games. Um, I don't think I have quite that obsessive thing. I know I've avoided certain games. I've avoided, uh, I've avoided Destiny for a long time because I was, I was worried about being sucked into it sort of. I don't think you would be though. No, in fact, I wasn't yeah. <laughs> since I've stopped playing Destiny. Yeah. Um, I find that, I find that all the kind of hooks that usually get into people. They, I mean, they, okay. I find the cynical hooks that get into people don't tend to work on me. I think if I, if I really enjoyed something, uh, like, um, like, uh, Travis does building, you know, building things. If I really enjoyed anything in life, then, um, then I could get obsessive about it, but I don't think I, <laughs> I don't think I do. I don't think I get obsessed in that yeah. way. I did, um, Monster Hunter, right? Like, so Monster Hunter World, Monster Hunter 4, and actually, yeah, just Ultimate and the, mm. the 3DS version. But you didn't I play it to exclusion, though, right? No, because I, I, I have a quite a, I mean, I've, I have a youngish family and like that just puts, just ruins any attempt to, to, to hurt oneself with games because, because <laughs> <laughs> they always interrupt. Um, so I, and I don't have much of, a, of, of an obsessive personality, mm. but those games definitely did get hooks in. I, mm. I played them when I really shouldn't, like I was trying to, I should have been working and I, oh, I just have a little go. Um, and I would sort of spark up during a day, mm. like a day, which I never usually play games during a day, mm. whether it's we even weekends, I don't because it's always something going on that means that I can't, but yeah, those did. I kind of want, I, I want it though, because I haven't oh, yeah. really done it. I can't remember when I was younger, I definitely did get those kind of obsessive periods. Yeah, more so for sure. Much more so. But I mean, also. It the... wasn't purely because of availability of time. Oh, really? Because I, I was think there say was the a consequences were less. Because so... Factorio, mm. I would really like to have a Factorio problem. I, cause it just seems so <laughs> envelopingly deeply rewarding. Right. Know, to make stuff in this freeform way. Yeah. Like it seems cool as fuck. And. But, but whenever I've played it, also I've just been smart, like it? terrified. Yeah, maybe that's I mean, it. I'm just too stupid. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. Because in the old being days, games were simple to, enough yeah. that I could actually grasp them. <laughs> yeah, right. These days, no. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I'd like to be um, smart enough that I'd find those games irresistibly compelling, like that and uh, Space Chem or whatever. Right, yeah. But actually, I'm just, I'm really far too stupid. So yeah, Opus Magnum, I would really like, in fact... If any, like, let's just assume that the question was the most boring question of all time. What is your Desert Island game? Mm. I would actually like to, I don't know whether it would be my Desert Island game, but I would love to be on an island just with Opus Magnum because, <laughs> because I've definitely wanted to fall into the hole. Like, uh -huh. but then like, take me Satan. Daddy, I need some help with something. Uh, or, mm. oh dear, I've set fire to the shed or something. Do you secretly just want to put your family on an island? And then, hey, you solved you everything. Can... <laughs> <laughs> Not 
permanently, just a nice holiday. Yeah, maybe, yeah, I mean, Malaga it's somewhere. not permanent to say 50 years, is it? It's not permanent. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh... Marius. I love them. Oh, anyway. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Marius writes in to say, Dear Crucifix and Cenotaph, playing through Spanish Inquisition simulator Blasphemous led me to Google the phrase Blasphemous patch notes. What changes would be in the forbidden, forbidden heretical patch notes for your favourite games? <laughs> Cheers, Marius. Oh, I love patch notes. Mm. Um, yeah, I was thinking um, something like Disco Elysium. With that little kind of like when you get when you get some XP, we'll just do a little jingle. A jingle. Yeah. <laughs> Cha ching uh, when you like level added up, microtransactions. Level <laughs> yeah. Have yeah. really evident sources of XP in the game as well. Really zhuzh it up, you know? <laughs> XP wise. Right. So this this uh presupposes that the most blasphemous thing would be the thing that is antithetical to the game it's that it's in, right? I suppose that, that was where I was going, yeah. So like a, a, a BFG in The Witness or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> that would be good, though. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I feel like this is a, a, a better question than we may have answers for it. Yeah. Maybe we should revisit this when... Put a note on the, the, the Creighton Crowbar pinboard. Yeah. This was too good for us. We don't deserve you. <laughs> it's a really good question. Uh, yeah, we'll put it to, to Chris and, and the other louts uh, when they're back. You've finished being massaged. Another Alex, who is neither you nor the other one that wrote in. It's getting hot with Alex's. Yeah. Writes, Hey friends, any thoughts on AI dungeon? How far are we from the AI, in inverted commas, content apocalypse? For me, as janky as it is, it has still had some kind of magic. Almost like improv with a geriatric idiot. Best. Alex. Serendipidocus on... Uh, Discord. Oh, that's the same. I was actually thinking about um, the thing what done the AI dungeon today. Uh, G, 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 General Poteeb, GPD, whatever it is, mm. the technology. Yeah. Uh, what, you know, long term, what will we do? Because I think at the moment there's definitely an aesthetic about it, which is, <laughs> wow, a robot done right that. You know, yeah. like it's yeah. that is the aesthetic at the moment. Like it's still mm. amazing. And I think the lack of meaning to it I yes. think will become rapidly kind of evident, you know. And that's obviously where the effort is going next. Let's put the meta story, like, don't mm. think about the next passage, like the individual passages, like how is the computer going to link them all together in some sort of cogent narrative. But it's still, even then, though, you know, you you always quest... Whenever you read something or play something, you always quest for some greater sort of meaning to it. Like yeah. if there's a message to it. Like if it narrative wise is a message to it in game wise, you, you want the loop to be something that sings to a human sensibility. And I, you know, whether it's going to get the, the, it's going to hit its own, uh, meta porridge cascade scenario pretty quickly. I think that yeah. stuff. Yeah, exactly. That's, yeah, that's exactly it. I, I feel like at mm. some point we will get stories which are good enough that they are indistinguishable from bad stories. <laughs> like they will be yeah. grammatically correct. There will be causality that you can follow, but they won't mean as much. And I think we'll start to have a bifurcation in content where there's one tier of content, which is, you know, AI trash. And then there are 
people begin to realize with the uniqueness and value of actually having somebody trying to communicate a thing to you, which mm. isn't just plot, isn't just, you know, content. It is, there is an actual meaning and value to their words, some kind of thing, some idea that they want to communicate, which well, is singular. More than that, there's a meta thing to it as well. You know, like, there's the fact that this particular person has made that thing. They yeah. might not have a message at all, but like the fact that, it, that they made it at that time and that yeah. place and blah, blah, blah. Personal. Yeah. In, in the way that actually mm. we appreciate the, you know, the AI dungeon, that yeah. its meta interest is the fact that it was made by a, a robot and like a, a you know this kind of hmm. machine learning thing and um and that it's the best example so far by a fucking country mile you yeah know? but yeah there was a quite a good because this is all quite familiar there's quite a good um or 99% invisible on it's it starts off talking about eliza the original eliza program um and the sort of the, the second story at the end, which is about this program and the fact that it wrote a news story about um, a unicorn or something, and and the the lab that came up with this particular story released it and felt that it was so dangerous to the world they wouldn't release the code because oh yeah because yeah, it was yeah. written in full uh, news structure yeah and so It'd you be can see all to... these implications for the fact that if you spam out this shit you could you could create all kinds of misinformation because mm. someone's going to believe something that gets, you know, because it can generate just spools and por the porridge yeah. the hell out of it. Yeah, I mean, the risk of that is that it becomes uh, a, a better porridge scenario for the entire world, right? Yeah. I mean, it's not that those stories are good. No. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's the, that's the difference. I mean, I mean like, in, in terms of whether it's going to replace the creative act for people who appreciate the creative act or whether it's just going to muddy the waters there are two different scenarios aren't they yeah i don't know it feels it's, like it's a way off yeah it's kind of depressing though yeah <laughs> <laughs> so thanks for that alex yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um Gerik writes dear barrels and bootleggers uh, what games seem ripe to be mercilessly ripped off? Sorry, mercilessly ripped off by the rapacious capitalists of the gaming industry, but have somehow not been given this honour. This question was prompted by last episode's discussion of Eternal Darkness and the lament that it wasn't re-released or ripped off. Personally, I'm surprised that among a sea of third-person action adventures and first-person baddie shooters, few AAA studios have tried to copy the seemingly successful Bethesda RPG which he describes as systems ubiquitous physics and freeform movement, stealth and range combat character creation, or the clearly wildly successful Minecraft, Subnautica and Fortnite Save the World being the main notable exceptions. What do you think are the most puzzlingly uncloned samples of Ludomass? Cheers, Gerik. Hmm. Uh, I don't think Mi Minecraft has not been cloned. Minecraft yes, has been famously very, and very incredibly cloned. cloned. <laughs> you may not have been aware of them because a lot of the clones are a bit rubbish, although Alex has worked for a number of their uh, creators, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yes, we won't mention them. <laughs> well, we should. I mean, uh, there, there are some good ones out there, right? I mean, Dra Dragon, um, Dragon, oh, yeah, Dragon Builders, Builders is meant Which to isn't really, isn't very actually Minecrafty. No, I can take some ideas from yeah. it, right? Yeah, it does. Uh, yeah. And there's loads and loads of crafting games. There's quite a lot of block-based, uh, you know, voxel-based building games. Yeah, loads of them, and some completely. I think that basically you don't mm. really think about them because my, my Minecraft has such a spectacular lead, you know, in terms yeah. of player base over them. But, you know, the others are 
relatively insignificant. I mean, uh, Chris is working for Hypixel, who are currently yeah, putting out, uh, right. not a Minecraft clone by any means, but probably, you know, what it looks like might be a Minecraft successor even. It's so, yeah. uh, it's so polished looking, uh, called Hytale. So, uh, yeah, I don't think those ideas are, uh, are dead in the water. Uh, I also think there's quite a lot of bethesda RPGs, but maybe not quite to the systems-driven level that Bethesda go for, because uh, I think that requires a particular deve- development sensibility. Yeah, yeah. I think that basically yeah. the, the, the good games that people haven't really, you know, copied that well, they're all really hard to make. Like, mm. like I keep reading people saying that RPGs are the hardest to make because right. you've got to make a, a totally non-linear story. Mm. A world of total consistency. Easy. Fill it with shit. Yeah. They're quite, they're quite difficult. <laughs> yeah. Um, is there anything you'd like to see cloned? Uh, no. No. <laughs> Do I want to see any cloned? I mean, I, I don't, did you ever play Dig Dug 2? Dig Dug 2? Yeah. No. Dig Dug 2 is great. It's nothing, it's not really like Dig Dug at all. Instead, it has some of the enemies of Dig Dug, and you're on an island, but it's instead of being, you know, do you remember Dig Dug? So I played on the BBCB, Mr. Oh. E, which I think is basically the same game. So it's like you're burrowing through Earth, is that it? Uh, in Dig Dug 1, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Dig Dug 2, you're on top of an island, and uh, instead of burrowing through it, you're, the island is invaded by enemies who will come to you uh, and try and eat you. And you have no defense against them apart from to individually inflate and burst them with a, with a, a device that you have. Yeah. Um, but they can easily swarm you and kill you. So what you need to do is to use this device as a drill to, um, attack fault lines in the island, creating cracks, which these enemies can only jump over, uh, with a bit of a wind up. So it kind of, you kind of start oh. creating cracks to funnel them. And then if you create enough cracks, then the smaller, fully cracked portion, portion of the island will fall into the sea. And so the idea is to end up on the, on, on an island, on the smallest possible island for points, uh, with the, with all of your enemies in the water having, uh, been deposited there under the crumbling island structure that you've smashed off. Uh, and it's re- it's a really good, I mean, I don't understand why it wasn't more popular at the time. It's, it, it's a great sort of like little. Let's make it. Mechanic. Let's make it. Yeah, when did it come out? 80s? Um, late 80s or early 90s, yeah. I had it on the NES, but then I mean, that was, I, I had the NES late for NES players because I was already, uh, you know, seven or eight or something, yeah. I guess, when I got my NES. Oh, I look it up. Sounds good. Hmm. I think anyway, there's a lot of games that I kind of really liked and it was always, oh, I want to play more of that. They did make more of it, like Castlevania's. I really, I really loved the, the, oh, yeah. the kind of like GP, uh, the Game Boy Advance and DS Castlevanias. <laughs> there are loads of them, many of which I haven't even played, <laughs> but you know, played what I did to death. Lots of, oh, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> David writes, hi all. I was pleased as punch with myself when I recently made a steak and kidney pie. Unfortunately, I couldn't find anyone who was interested in eating kidney, so I ate the whole thing myself. <laughs> Offal gets a bum rap, but is secretly delicious. What is the gaming equivalent of Offal? Take care, David. So I guess Offal by- is a bum rap. <laughs> Often, yeah. Yeah, there's a great episode uh, of This American Life called Squid or Bung. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. To. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's really good. Makes you think twice about eating calamari in the future. <laughs> Tell you that much. Um, so I think by, by this comparison, he's suggesting things which are 
widely reviled, but actually secretly the best thing in games. Yeah. So I, I do like match three games. I think that the mm-hmm. thing that kind of yeah, you know, it can like, be really good match three games. Yeah, like even even the kind of um, uh, uh, the one the cake one bejeweled. I don't know. Oh, that's that's kind of like that's respected that one. What was the cake one? Yeah, you know, the most popular one, sweets one. Isn't that Candy Crush? Oh, Candy Crush. All oh, right, I never played yeah. Candy Crush actually. It's lovely. <laughs> I can't remember the name. <laughs> it's great. No. That's a, that's a zinger one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no. Uh, Popcap. Yes. No. 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 It's the what the other company. Wow, we are so Valve. On Did they make it. it secretly? Didn't know what Hades was. <laughs> Didn't know who made Granny Crush. <laughs> uh, hmm. I'll think about it and I will say it. Uh, yes, please can somebody uh, write in to, to to pedantically correct Alex on at least one thing. Don't do that. Don't do that. It's fine. Um, uh, I, I what I, is yeah? What is terrible? What is ever reviled? So yes. I, I was looking up PC gamers' list games. of um, things that are the worst PC gaming crimes, um, and amongst those was uh, doors that uh, don't open and. I'm okay with doors that mm. open. I think doors mm. that don't open suggest a larger world and they're a necessary, necessary part of uh, level design. You can't have doors that open all the time. Sorry. What do you want to do? Walk around an environment which is, just has blank corridors mm. all the time? Yeah. Alleyways with no exit. Exactly. Exactly. No suggestion of inner life. Don't you want a fantasy? <laughs> uh, they also suggested that um, trash inventory items that aren't immediately marked as trash are bad. I also disagree with that. I like... I like trash in the inventory and I like the fact that it's not always clear whether it does anything or not, weirdly. Also, I was looking back you, at I, I, some yeah, of the... Yeah, you're a hoarder though, aren't you? I am a bit of... Well, not not in a literal way. You look at how bare yeah, this house it's is. A right very, it's a very, very neat and bare <laughs> house. Uh, but but yeah, I yes. I am, I'm a hoarder of inventory. I only know that because I know that you kept the box for your GPU for um, several years <laughs> <laughs> back in the the, 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 the late noughties. It could come in useful when you want to transport your <laughs> GPU separately from your PC. That's Which weirdly, I have actually. The story more need, has been consistent. I literally need more need to do that now that I've been crisscrossing the ocean and can't take an entire PC. But uh, I haven't actually gone that far. Um, but I was looking back at the inventory art I did for So You're Being Hunted, and that had some really good trash inventory in it. <laughs> Stuff badges. Stuff badges are good. Haggises. I think haggises. Haggis might have given you. Health. That's probably yeah. That's, that's was it? No, hang on. Health. Actually, no. <laughs> I don't think haggis was an actual animal depicted in it as a stuffed haggis, rather than a food item. I can't remember now. <laughs> good cheese, good uh, marmalade, good bottle of brandy. <laughs> marmalade. The, the Is it the only game with marmalade in it? It might be. Mm, don't know. Uh, Tom Senior. Mm-hmm. He pointed out on Twitter the other day mm-hmm. um, some amazing item names in uh, Pillars of Eternity 2. Really, really exciting, interesting things that I would want to buy. He's like, screenshotted a, um, a shop. Um, so uh, he was commenting on the amazing and truly incredible instant potion belt. <laughs> like, you're going to want that. Yeah. 5,300 smackers that mm. cost. Is that a lot in that world's currency? Probably. Mm. It is the, no, it's not the most expensive. The most expensive one is the Anamancy Cat. What is uh, Anamancy? It is a cat with one of those uh, anti anti kind of scratching cones. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's 
uh, Okura's kettle, the ring of overseeing, and the potion of imperfect arcane reflection. Like, wow. they're, all, yeah. they're all promised much. I hope I, I, it doesn't matter to me whether they do anything or not. The names are good enough. Mm. There you go. That's some good awful. Uh, Ollie writes, Dear Crate and Faux Pas, after listening to Chris's story in episode 303 about Pip's criticism of his choice of stealth poncho in Jedi Fallen Order, I was reminded of my own similar experience. I often play large, open-world RPGs to unwind. I tend to play at a very slow pace, since I enjoy the role-playing and immersion side of things. When playing Skyrim with my partner, coincidentally also named Philippa, I accidentally let slip that I had changed my character out of his heady armour and into his travelling robes when undertaking a long journey. <laughs> In my head, this made total sense from a role-playing perspective, as well as adding some extra challenge to the journey. Unsurprisingly, however, and probably deservedly, I've been gently teased about it ever since. <laughs> my question then is, do you have any similar potentially embarrassing gaming tendencies? Have you ever been caught and then roundly mocked for many years? Thanks for the pods and the group therapy, Ollie. Oh, so so the travelling robes mm. uh, leave you less able to complete your journey <laughs> yeah. because presumably they're not armoured enough. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> I don't... Oh, it makes me... I think I'm a really boring game player. Yeah, I don't think I've overly indulged in the fantasy of a game that, that frequently. I would like to have some weird habits. The thing is, the weirdest habits, the ones you don't even know, yeah. I might do all sorts of weird shit. I'm, pro I'm probably not even ashamed of them either, that's yeah. the thing. Is it weird that I'd ever want to leave a game running? You know, I know that some people just keep a game running. It's just on in the background and uh, do other things. And I can't do that. I'd feel it was deceitfully increasing my number of hours played on Steam. Okay, we're getting, we're getting some. We're getting a fingernail <laughs> under our witnesses because I, I share that. Yeah. I don't, you know, it is deceitful, isn't it? Yeah. It, or it's either shaming or it's deceitful. It's both, like, mm. at both ends of that scale, like, I'm worried of, I'm worried of, like, simultaneously, oh, what if they think I played it for that long at the same oh, time? Yeah. What if I'm over, suggesting I'm overqualified <laughs> for this game? <laughs> Yeah, I think my Steam profile is private, so nobody can see how many hours I've played. But um, I still don't. I, I still like it. I still like uh, knowing a more accurate measure. measure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's good. It annoys me when I'm I'm using software that's Steam based, and it gives me a ridiculous number of hours because I do leave that running in the background. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I know one. I um, I always like to to be a bit of overhead. This is again. This isn't really role playing thing, but it's about it's about kind of the technical side of games where I don't like to put the settings all the way up mm. <laughs> because I don't want to tax my system. No, right? Yeah. Don't want it. Don't want it to go hundred percent because you don't run, you know. it might like the heat might go yeah. high, or and this is the madness. I because then I heard about throttling. <laughs> you know how computers kind of when they overheat they throttle. The, um, the CPU and whatnot, mm. so they then go cool. They, they run cooler, supposedly. Yeah, stop damage, right? I run them at a slow, like a, a less good rate, in order to avoid it running the game at a less good rate, <laughs> right? <laughs> Which is yeah, yeah. And I also, I also, th I always like to feel that there's like improvement, like potential improvement. <laughs> Oh, well, it's what, running fine, but it could be nicer. So, like, you're planning for your birthday or something when you crank the slider up to... Ooh, that's, ooh, that's very good. Put it up to the shadows are very good now. Okay, that's enough. Put it back down again. 
Mediocre. It feels normal to me, that. Mm. Totally normal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a weird little ritual. I can understand it, though. I also don't do that. But that's also but partly because I'm just so paranoid about the tolerances of my PC. And I know what a lifeline my PC is because I do it, use, use it for everything. So I can't risk exploding it <laughs> as previous PCs have done in the past. So, yeah. you know, although we think we're past that era mostly now. Yeah. I, I don't know. My, randomly explode. My blue screened five times in a row today. I did it. Because I was trying to play Hades. Oh God. Yeah. It was, it was a worrying time. I shouted fucking hell. As my mm. children were getting ready for school. I see. Yeah, that wow. was good. good you could pass that off as being uh, in keeping with the uh, with the setting, though. Yeah, maybe it was. Maybe it was programmed in. Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't put it past them. Just quoting the character. Yeah. Ah. Uh, talking of children, the final question comes from the very well-named Joseph Quested, who writes, "Dear Creighton Crowbar, my children are currently caught in the War of Concerned Well-Wishers." Starring me, their mother, grandparents, uncles, aunts, and teachers, etc. The war is mostly fought on three fronts. How many hours of video games do they play per day? How long per session? And do they adhere to the age ratings? Mm. <clears throat> if you had, or already have, a child, what are your thoughts on them, re, video games? It's tempting to answer... Uh, this question objectively with the er child or possibly er teen in mind but with a topic this subjective i'm more interested in how you, actually you would approach these issues with your actual spawn seasons kisses joseph quested uh, it's the eternal one it's the big one mm. one of the big ones in fact in our household we have more problems with stuff like whatsapp rather than games themselves some plays a lot but i've definitely uh like this doesn't really answer the question yet, but um, I've definitely noticed just how much of a hypocrite I am <laughs> because my own attitudes to myself playing as a child, I definitely apply very different rules to. Really? To <laughs> Surprising. Um, I mean, you know, the boring, the, my boring approach to it is just, I try to be part of what my yeah. son is playing. My daughter, I encourage to play and she's, I think she shares my kind of slightly flighty sort of dabbly kind of nature and mm. non kind of, you know, obsessive nature. So she will pl try a game and she'll love it or hate it. And, you know, when she loves it, she'll play it for a few a couple of days and, and drop it. Mm. So I, I never really get particularly worried about her. My son is more obsessive, um, but he's quite a creative player. So when he's playing, you can see he's not sort of doing the sort of, cycles of play which if if mm. he was into ultimate team like fifa ultimate team or something like that right yeah i would probably be worried if i was playing Fortnite all the time i'd probably be worried mm. but what he actually does is play tabs and just you know creatively line up armies against each other and muck around with the kind of the creative parts yeah. of it he, uh i think i was sp talking on the pod last time about the fact that he got back into minecraft and he had a realm and mm. he still has a realm and with a bunch of his friends and it's been really cool to to watch minecraft being played properly like properly you know across the board you know with a group of friends having cool friend times and always being somebody online and to play with and doing cool stuff together you know that that's just been really good um but ultimately, it's just 
I just feel that as long as I'm involved in what they're doing in some way, like that, that I know what they're doing, that then I know that, yeah. that I can have a point of view on it and share it with them in some way, you know, as long as I don't feel, you know, I don't want to crowd them or anything, but, mm. but I don't want it to be, I think that it gets unhealthy when I don't respect what they're doing right. and they do it a lot in, you know, and they, there becomes a, a divide between us. Hmm. It becomes something more than simply them having cool recreation and me resenting it in some way. Yeah. So I try to be involved and that's, yeah. but you know, I, I think that I have a specific situation, you know, which is probably better than some people's. And I, you know, like I said, I don't know what I would do if, you know, there were those stories about, like young Fortnite players that are coming up to, you know, you know, the, the go semi-professional, professional. I don't know how I would cope with that as a parent. Because mm. obviously I know intellectually that that isn't a remarkable attainment. I would be, but I also know that that world is incredibly flight. Like you, your success is not guaranteed or it will not exist after the age of 20, whatever. Yeah. And your entire, um, sense of worth and your prospects you know as a functioning member of society last as long as mine as, as right Fortnite but i does, feel that's the same as any kind of early success right i mean whether you're you're a, a gifted child in any certain way i mean all gifted children end up realizing that they've plateaued at some point usually mm. or you know the, the the vast masses have caught up with them or their attainments didn't really mean as much as they thought they did mm. when they spent you know when they used up all of their social time doing but i think there's other. a time sink to it i think you yeah. can be you can be because my daughter plays the violin oh, no, no i'm not saying those are, are that means it's meaningless i mean i mean there's other ways in which these things can be unhealthy and irrespective of being no, about games. You no, know? I agree. No, I totally agree. I know I absolutely agree with it, but I think there is a sort of like an, an amount of time, uh, investment required by mm. games. Yeah. The other pursuits don't actually, like if you are a championship swimmer, I was, I used to go to, I was at school with a championship swimmer. Yeah. And she would get up at five in the morning and swim for two days, two hours. And then she'd swim for an hour at the end of after school. So yes. Three hours a day. True. That's not as much. That's as, nothing yeah. like. Yeah. Fortnite. Piece My of daughter piss, plays an hour swimmer. a day with her mm. violin. Like it's not as Olympic athletes lazy. Yeah, that's lazy. what we're saying. I think that's basically what I'm trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's the. I think it's the. I think it's the. I think this is. My wife shares this as well. As long as there are other things in their lives, right? You know, that, yeah. that it isn't just games. That you know they're seeing friends and they, you know, and when friends are involved in that then, you know, that has an extra benefit. Hmm. Yeah, as long as they're playing Warhammer and playing violin right. and seeing friends. and Yeah, I don't, I don't have children, uh, so I don't, don't really care about children. But also it, it seems to me that uh, games are, you know, a broad enough medium that having a, a categorical attitude to what, you know, how long you, your child is playing a thing doesn't seem to be as meaningful as, determining what they're playing and what kinds mm. of activities within those games they're being involved in because they could yeah. be social or they could be creative or then maybe they're not but i mean i i, I don't know i felt like i, I remember when i was a, a, a kid and i think I, I never really uh 
uh, my parents were never overly worried, but I remember there being some concern about me spending too much time on the on the computer. But on that computer, I was doing all kinds of different things. Like mm. it wasn't that I was just zombified sitting in front of it. I was drawing stuff, or I was creating stuff in games, or I was, you know, chatting to people, or surfing the web, um, you know, writing stories, that kind of stuff. Your fan fiction. Uh, yeah, I was part of a, uh, a Star Trek fan fiction community when I was a very small child. I don't ever want to read that again. It's probably absolutely abominable. Yeah. This is before, before, uh, uh, there was a lot of <coughs> sexy fiction out there. I should state this is, this is very pure. <laughs> pure, but also shit in my case. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I do. Uh, you I know, do. You th- uh, I feel a bit bad for people who, uh, you know, because occasionally I get introduced to people uh, as somebody who's worked at, at Mojang or something or who works in games and they're like, oh, you know, you, have, you know, what do you think about this? How, shall, how long should I let my kid play this game? Or my kid's really obsessed with Fortnite and uh, I don't know what to do about it. But they always espouse a complete lack of interest in doing yeah. the one thing that they should, which is engage with their children's activities in a way which would educate them about what they're doing what they what what is it that their kid finds enjoyable about this stuff find it out you know i've done some um i've done some because i've written a few books for minecraft uh i've been invited to do some talks at some uh <laughs> this is highfalutin literary Ooh. literary events literary. literary events and i always feel like such a fraud anyway <laughs> um uh because because basically like my one all be packed because it's Minecraft. Not here for me at all. And, I, and they have great big lines to, for, for me to sign stuff simply because I'm connected to the game. It has nothing to do with me. Do you sign Notch yeah, in the I books? Do, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Love you, Notch. Um, uh, you look at the audience and the kids are at the front and they're kind of like galvanized. They just want to hear Minecraft stuff and they're mm. poking, piping up with Minecraft stories and things. Parents are just totally disengaged at the back. And during the signing bit, like mm. often a, a parent will say, yeah, we had to come just so into Minecraft. I don't know anything about it. As if, why would you say that to me? <laughs> why? Like, obviously I do like Minecraft. Like there's obviously, yeah. I have a, why would I want to hear that you're not interested in Minecraft? Or your child, apparently. I think actually, no, I do know what it is. It, it, they are ashamed in a way they, they want, mm. they, but they don't actually want to take that time. And I, every mm. time I've said, Oh, you really should. It's really fun. And you know, they will really get a kick out of showing you how it works. You know, honestly, yeah. You know, you've, if you've had, you know, you, you know, when a child wants, has, knows something, a parent doesn't, it's unalloyed joy for them to, to help them understand and take them on a tour and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, and I just, I just want to slap a lot of parents around the chops to say, get engaged because actually you might, and you know, you will, you will find things about your children to respect that you never knew they were doing, you know, Mm. the things they're doing in Minecraft, you will be stunned of of the complexity of what they're dealing with and thinking about and achieving. Mm. Yeah. So that's the solution to this guy's family problem. Slap a lot of people around the chops. (laughs) Sorted. (laughs) Lovely. Who says that video games breed violence? (laughs) (laughs) Well, those are all the questions that we have time for. This week, 
If you'd like to send us more questions that we can read them out semi-successfully uh, next week, you can do that by sending them to questions at CreightonCrowbar.com or tweet a question at CreightonCrowbar on the Twitters. You can even watch uh, uh, these videos pointlessly, really. I mean, mostly an audio experience um, on YouTube.com slash CreightonCrowbar. You, you do prepare join- a nice picture. We do prepare a nice picture. Yeah, they take a little effort. I take a little effort getting things lined up, you know. You could read the notes as well. They're always oh, very nicely written. Well, yes, I do take time over the notes. Um, and you can join our Discord community on our website. Oh, sorry, it's not on our website. It's on the Discord. But the link to it is on our website at creatingcrowbot.com. Thanks, as always, to our Patreon backers. Thank you. Very nice people. Patreon.com slash crowbar. should you wish to join their ranks. Who are we? Who are you, Alex? I'm Alex. It's Alex. Hmm. You have any form by which you wish to be contacted? Oh, you an, need an online persona. Hmm. Hmm. Maybe. I'm rotational on the Twitter, mm-hmm. and that is also my website. Very I've, nice. Uh, R-O-T-A-T-I-O-N-A-L. Mm-hmm. I'm Marsh Davis, and that leaves us to only say thanks, thanks for listening, listening everybody. everybody. It's what I done done. Did you done do it? I did.